0: You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers, chatting today with my friend Nick Santiago from in InTheMoneyStocks.com. We talk to Nick and get a trader's perspective on the markets once a month. So Nick, welcome back onto the show. There's a lot of jibber-jabber, In the news about the debt ceiling and honestly i just tune this out because i've gone through a number of political cycles now (laughs) being in my 40s and they talk it up and then it's resolved and then things just tick on as normal you know what is your take on this should we be making some of something of this as investors and traders
1: um i don't think you make too much about it i think your assumption is correct um they've raised the debt ceiling i think 74 or 78 times since 1917 so you know they're going to do it again i don't even know why they call it a debt ceiling they should just call it a debt raising because that's really what they do um this one might have because there's so much uh political turmoil going on this one may go down to the wire or even the government may even default for a few days or a week or so i wouldn't rule that out you know they'll they'll shut down some some uh national parks so you know we, we may see something along those lines if they Want to play real hardball maybe they won't you know pay some debt or something along those lines i wouldn't rule anything out because this world is chaotic i think the politicians are all pro wrestlers i don't believe in any of them and um i I think the whole thing is just you know another dog and pony show that we're having to put up with and as traders i think traders are over it um you know they know that there can be some implications that are negative but for the most part you know I, i i think the market Really, just cares about um, you know is there liquidity in the system to push it up? And we got a banking crisis, and yes, there is liquidity in the system. How does this affect U.S.
0: Treasuries at all? Is there any near-term trade around this?
1: Uh, You know, Treasury market has been so. uh, if, If you look at yields, which is really what I how I track Treasuries. A lot of people will look at the bond prices, and when when yields go up, bond prices go down. When yields go down, bond prices go up. I think we're just going to be real choppy for a while. I don't see yields really plunging or going lower. They could have, you know, some sharp declines on certain days, but then they're going to move back up. I mean, we have uh, a lot going on out here in this world. As you know, um, there's a lot of inflationary pressures, even though they keep telling us that inflation is going down. Um, Inflation really doesn't fall much when you have proxy wars going on. Right. So we have this Russia-Ukraine war. Uh, you have a war in Sudan, which is another proxy war between Russia and the United States, believe it or not. And if you get Chinese uh, Taiwanese conflict, um, that just creates even more, you know, conflict and war. And that's in- inflationary. Uh, and then you throw in some derailments and supply disruptions. That's inflationary. So inflation is not going down like they're telling us it's going to plunge. And uh, that's not happening. And yields aren't going down very much either. So you know, just just watch for deals to stay in somewhat of a range, and that goes for all of them. And and keep an also keep a close eye on the two year Treasury note yield because if the two year Treasury note yield starts to get close to the Fed funds rate, I believe right now it's around two and a uh, four and a quarter percent. Fed funds rate's around five percent. If that two year gets up there, the Fed's way behind the curve, and they're going to need to raise rates. So um, you know, everybody kind of has this story a little bit backwards. Are you anticipating
0: the Fed though to? pivot this year or are you expecting them to raise throughout the year
1: i don't i don't know if they're going to raise much from here they're probably going to pause right now but i don't see a cut at all and and i think i don't even think they can cut so i I don't expect a cut but i think they're probably going to pause here the market has been excited about that um but believe it or not what's making the market go up is is liquidity from the central banks so if you look at the march 13 pivot low in the s&p 500 um the the markets that's when the banking problems really came to to light for a lot of us because of the inverted yield curve and what happened the fed opened up a a special discount window for the banks and then they did a a a special program with the other central banks to provide liquidity so what we're seeing is liquidity in the system even though it's not being called quantitative easing that's really the essence of why you know we, we see the small concentration of technology stocks moving up, the Apple, Amazons, Googles, Oracle, uh, Meta, and Microsoft. That That's really the bulk and NVIDIA, excuse me, NVIDIA. That That's really the bulk of the move. I mean, they're outside of that. There's really nothing really moving. We're just in a choppy sideways range for roughly six weeks.
0: With NVIDIA, don't they have a PE ratio of like 160 or something crazy like that, Nick?
1: Oh, it's enormous. It might even be higher than that now, but so, I so- know
0: it's- how do you view that as a trader? You know, you look at the chart and then you see that, but you see yeah. the liquidity. So, how does it, How does a trader interpret that? That,
1: that's why I always tell everybody, you know, don't worry about the fundamentals; they mean nothing. You just worry about the the technicals, the momentum, and the trend is up in Nvidia. You know, they're the hot player in the so-called AI. So when you know AI is all the rage right now, It reminds me of the dot com bubble. Everybody was putting a dot com on the end of their name you know, back in in the late 90s. And now everybody is attaching themselves to AI. So it's very, very similar. And ultimately, it'll lead to another big bubble like it always does. And, uh, you know, once that bubble pops, everybody will cry and scream. And, you know, perhaps that's when the Fed will, you know, raise, uh, excuse me, cut cut interest rates. But, you know, at the moment, they can't do it. And um, this is the thinnest leadership I can remember in quite a while.
0: What's your worst trade of the last 30 days since we last chatted?
1: Oh, it's KB Holmes. I had to put option on KB Holmes. It expired worthless on uh, Friday. And, uh, you know, I had a couple of attempts to make money. I could have probably made 20, 25% on a couple of occasions. And I I just got greedy. You know, I'm I'm a little bit stubborn sometimes. I'll be the first to admit because I I always put in my mind a target that I believe is going to get hit. And, uh, that one, I had a couple chances to take it off the table with a gain. And I was stubborn and the home builders have defied gravity, uh, even despite the banking crisis, which I did not believe. I had really good technicals telling me that, uh, they were going to go down and they went up and, uh, the market's never wrong. Just, I am wrong. So that was my worst, my worst trade so far.
0: Did your subscribers email you and say, Hey Nick, you know, 20, 25% gain here. Are you going to trim? Did anybody reach out to you?
1: Um, Sometimes they do, you know, sometimes they do, but they generally will just wait for me to say, hey, let's let's pull it off the table here. You know, it was uh, I had the chance, though, you know, the chance was there. I I just was looking for more. And believe it or not, that's that's sometimes where I just got it wrong. I don't know where the mistake really was made. I just think that um, the the market believes that, hey, um, you know, housing prices are going to are going to hold up and uh, these homes are going to be sold. So I was wrong, and that's my worst trade, you know. But again, I did it with an option. Uh, you know, I do something with a swing trade. There's a lot more capital that goes into that swing trade. I do 10% of uh, of my account in every swing trade. Options, you know, gen- generally around you know three, three, four percent. What about your best trade of the last month? Believe it or not, best trade was today. I closed out a Pfizer call option uh, for 62 and a half percent. I should have held on another. 20 minutes, I would have made over 100%. But uh, I got in this trade last week on the 18th of May, and I closed it out today. So basically, you know, one and a half trading days, and uh, made 62.5% on a Pfizer call option. Looks like some news came out where they got a weight loss drug that's hitting the market, and you know, I could care less. Uh, you know, if you can find the chart, uh, you can make the money, and the chart was just picture perfect. Pfizer's gone from 60 to uh 36 dollars and i bought it down there at 36 not knowing this news was going to happen and that was a uh, um uh, my best option play at least so far and my other best swing trade this year was in natural gas had about a eight or nine day trade and we made 32 percent on the second half um obviously i take a first half off so the net net we were a little bit over 20 percent and that was in about eight trading days but that was a swing trade much much more capital in that but uh this Pfizer option was pretty good. Are there any commodities, trades that are looking good to you right now? Uh, yeah, I love natural gas. I still love natural gas right now. That's my favorite. I think that's putting in a major bottom. Via call rate. options, Nick? And how how far out would you buy the call options? I'd go out as far as you can. You know, go out as far as you can. Like a two-year non- leap? Sure. Okay. Do, a, do, a, do a leap. Yes, do a leap. Um, You know, depending on the vehicle you're going to use, use UNG or something. Just don't go so far to the money a uh, $10, $12 strike would be good. But um, I love natural gas. I think natural gas is the next big mover. Um, I love oil if it gets to 50. I think we talked about that on the program. And you could see how you know everybody was looking for it to break out. And it's back down to the 70s, even went into the 60s. But if it gets to the $50, to the $50 range, load up the boat. I love commodities um, longer term uh copper and, and gold and silver, obviously, but they're not at the level. Silver will be probably uh, my next play again. And, you know, I did that play uh, in September of last year, which was a home run. And I'll do that again. And I, I think I got the levels worked out where I wanted to go to. But, you know, gold and silver have been holding up pretty well because of the banking crisis. It's as a, a fear trade, right? It's a safety play. So hopefully, you know, um, they'll see some more downside and i think silver probably will be one of the next commodities to attack but i'm going to just say this on your program right now we are in um i think the beginning the very very early stages uh the conception stage so to speak of a commodity bull run in so many different commodities and um you know we're you know some of them are going to go before others like oil, I don't think is ready yet. Like at 50, it'll be when it gets to the 50 dollars range, it will be ready. But natural uh, gas looks like it's poised already, even though it's a down day today. Um, you're going to see silver is already off the lows. Silver bottom is in, lock sealed and delivered. Um, gold has not made its bottom yet, so I'm still sticking to that. You know, 1500 handle uh, for gold. It gets there though. Load up like you never loaded up before, and expect new highs. And in the meantime, uh, avoid the miners from your from a trader's perspective. Some, some miners are gonna be are gonna be good right now. Like I like Newmont mining in the low forties. Um, it's getting very close. There's gonna be several silver miners I like a lot, um, before we might even get a silver bottom. Because remember, the miners should lead the metal. But so they're lagging. People, right, exactly. And a lot of people don't realize that. But when the miners lead the metal, that's like, woo! That's a forecasting sign. Right now, you're starting to see that shift happen in natural gas. A lot of these natural gas um, producers are starting to show leadership, so that that tells you that natural gas, when it gets going, that that thing is going to take off. Um, but yeah, for the miners, you know, um, there are several that are are setting up, looking like good setups even right now.
0: What about your thoughts on the U.S. dollar, the Dixie?
1: Well. The dollar um, right now is, is hanging in there. And I don't expect a dollar to crash or crater right now like the public does. I think it's going to sustain itself for the next three, four years. But the dollar is done after that. Um, it, will, it will lose its reserve currency uh, status. And uh, it's unfortunate. But I, I think it's a planned event. Got to be because I've, I've never seen such poor leadership in my lifetime um, following You know politics and and world governments and markets Uh, i've never seen anything quite like this it's it's almost like they want to destroy it um you know but it's still the best house on a bad block but um eventually that will turn in a few years and the dollar will no longer be the world's reserve currency
0: so nick i just want to point out to listeners you're able to separate businesses from trades in in that like for example pfizer you mentioned you made some money on that you're not a fan of pfizer as a corporation but you no, have I, no, I I no buy <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but you have no problem making that trade. I mean, maybe talk a little bit about your philosophy regarding that because I've asked you this about defense stocks before, where you and I were not fans of war and people slaughtering no. each other, but you no. buy and sell defense stocks at certain times.
1: You know, I have to. This is my business, right? So I have to separate my personal feelings sometimes with where I see the opportunities. I I, I try not to look at this business as Um, taking it personal or, you know, like right now we have this ESG movement going on, right? Environmental social government governance. And then they they have this other CEI movement going on where it's making all of these companies produce woke commercials. And, you know, and even though I I don't even think they really want to do it, it's against their better judgment. But they do it because they don't want the funding pulled from their equity. So you know we're living in a very, very strange world where this stuff is happening. Um, For me, I've always said, um, if I can help my membership base make money and there's an opportunity there, we're going to take the trade, whether it's something that I agree with my value system or not, if the trade is there. And that's why I look at everything as a chart and as a stock. Maybe I'm not right in this. I don't even know if it's a morally correct thing to do, but you know if there's an opportunity i i'm going to trade it because you know what somebody could say hey uh pfizer i I, lo- I love that company you know my my nephew or my kid takes one of their drugs that really helps them you know where i'm not a fan of drugs so you know i don't i don't i haven't taken an aspirin in 30 years so i i mean i i don't particularly care for anything that they make but you know that's this is the way of the world i have to take it make that money because this is the system we live in, you know. We're not on the the gold and silver standard yet.
0: That's right. Well, Nick, your
1: website is in
0: the Perhaps as we conclude, you mentioned your worst and your best options trade of the last 30 days. Uh how did your options portfolio perform the last 30 days?
1: I think we're up 175%. So even with it, the
0: home builders loss, you're yes. still up. Yeah.
1: Yes, it, yeah, without that we would <laughs> we would you're doing a lot better. But yeah, even with that loss. So, you know, I'm gonna probably bat seven or eight out of ten. Um, I, I'm gonna try to not take those hundred percent losers, but when I see the opportunity there, I have to go let it I have to go for it, Bill. You know, that's just the nature of of trading. That one particular that particular name just didn't work out. And there'll be other losers this year. We're not gonna win on, you know, it's a first lo- loss out of like, you know, ten or eleven trades or something. And even late last year, we had a big, big run where we went on, you know, we had one or two losers out of like 20 something or 30 trades in a row. So, you know, it's going to happen. You know, don't ever think there's a humbling business. We're never going to be perfect. Um, you know, you, you, if you can't take losses in this business, you shouldn't be in this business because, you know, it's just like the guy that owns the, de- the deli or a restaurant. He might order too much chicken and then I'll have to put it out on, out, uh, out for, uh, you know, have to raise a sale or something and say, hey, chicken's on sale because he has to move the product. It's going to expire worthless and he won't be able to sell it. So everybody, you know, has to, is going to incur a loss in the trading business. Uh, I know millions, not millions, but thousands of professional traders. And there's nobody I know that that bats 100%. It's just not not heard of in this business. It's not going to happen. So, you know, just be prepared. You're going to take some losses. But overall, if you have a sound methodology and use good money management in general, you know, you you should do pretty well. Well, thanks for
0: your insights uh, on today's show, Nick, and I'll be talking to you next month. Sounds good, Bill. Thank you for having me.